This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. I'm Shaliza Bacchus. I'm Afwa Ba. And November is Financial Literacy Month, which is... uh, not always a good thing for us millennials. We know how to get money. We don't know how to save the money, <laughs> right? We can certainly spend the money well, but all the other stuff, I don't think millennials um, are too, you know, good at. No, I agree. To how to build wealth. I mean, I, I always say this. We are, I hate to say it, but we are such a social media generation you know Mm. we do everything for the gram we got a stunt on the gram i want you to see my big flashy car and my brand new iphone Uh, and disclaimer i do not stunt on the gram i do not even stunt on the facebook (laughs) so please (laughs) do not put me in this pool this might might be a, a conversation for another day but do millennials still even use facebook stick to the topic okay okay? i'm sorry (laughs) On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your financial literacy? Mm. Are you financially literate? You know what? I think based on the information that is out there and the opportunities that are out there to learn, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were right there. I was so hopeful. (laughs) Well, I mean, my mother is an accountant. So you better be financially literate. You would think. Oh, dear. <laughs> but she will disagree, and I'll disagree, too. Okay. I mean, there's always room for improvement. Let's yeah. just say that much. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think there are little nuances in terms of uh, what we should know. Maybe maybe we're being a little bit too hard on ourselves. Maybe the basics we know, maybe budgeting and just uh, doing basic savings, mm-hmm. but maybe getting into the details of it as to how much we should save, uh, maybe the nitty-gritty of to how well we do or how well we budget in general is probably maybe where we're not so good at. Maybe mm-hmm. we know about it, but our follow-through isn't so yeah. hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, the mall! I'm going there! <laughs> Oh, and and wait, before you all think, oh, you know, typical, they just go to the mall and spend, spend, spend. Listen, if you go to the grocery store. Oh, boy. And you don't have a grocery list, and you know what happens when you go to the grocery store and they have the flyers out and they, everything's on sale. And you're like, <laughs> oh, look, 99 throw it, cents. Throw it in the car. it in. $100 later. Thank you. Yeah. So you can put yourself in there, too. Don't be, <laughs> don't be judging us. <laughs> How many times have you heard... An older person than us say, oh, this isn't how much I meant to spend. I just came here for milk. Thank you. So technically, maybe the way that we spend or we spend it in different avenues, uh, the way our parents, you know, do. Uh, But let's be real and let's sort of take count. Mm -hmm. We do some things or some spending habits that are not that great. Mm -hmm. And given a lot of the things that we have had to go through um, that our parents did not necessarily go through in terms of building financial wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might not be putting ourselves on the right track financially, and that will have long-term consequences. We might not yep. see it right now, but it's it's in the future that we're going to really feel it. And this pandemic is definitely a wake-up call to a lot of us right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to get a professional opinion on how to be financially literate. Shaliza and I will be speaking with Dylan Wilson, financial planner and associate investment advisor at Hollis Wealth. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, not a problem. 
Awesome. Okay. So, of course, Financial Literacy Month. Just give us your general thoughts in terms about financial literacy and millennials. Uh, are we financially literate? I don't think so. I think there's, you know, uh, we can always do more. And, you know, I'm loving that this is an issue that's kind of coming out to the forefront. We're seeing it more and more. Recently, the government put out a an update in the curriculum that we're going to start teaching it in, in grade school, which I think is fantastic. Um, but millennials make a lot of mistakes with their money. So in my job as a financial planner, I, you know, I try to, to help educate people so we can correct those mistakes. All right. Now, to that point, I love that they are finally adding courses like this to to the curriculum for so many younger kids. It's going to be so much easier for them. I really and truly wish that we had courses like this when I was in high school because I feel like I would have been so much smarter with my money at this point in my life. But uh, Dylan, just tell me what you think maybe the top three mistakes are that millennials are making with their money. For sure. So uh, number one, I would say millennials take too much risk in their investment portfolio. So if they are at a point uh, where they are investing, a situation that I get in my office a lot is a millennial will come in and have an idea about, uh, you know, they want to put make a down payment on a home in a year or two. So what they want to do is they want to invest 100% in high-risk stocks. I would say that's a mistake. Part of my job as a financial planner and an advisor is to help mitigate that risk. Somebody that has a short time horizon, um, they can't really afford to take that much that risk in their portfolio and the COVID scenario is a perfect example of that that the short term is very unpredictable so when we have short time horizons we we want to be more cautious and invest in, in in vehicles that are a lot more suitable for that situation number two I'd say that Millennials generally avoid a proper risk management strategy and I think the pandemic once again has has brought a lot of people to step back and and realize they're not invincible and implementing a risk management strategy or an insurance strategy to mitigate those risks can help the financial plan and help their future goals when I call when the expected unexpected happens. And the last thing that I notice with a lot of millennials, um, which I think is a money mistake, is they keep cash in their tax-free savings account. The tax-free savings account is a type of investment account which can hold a multitude of different investment vehicles within it. And the value of the account is completely missed unless you have capital gains because the purpose of the account is to shelter those capital gains from, from future taxes. So if you keep cash in that type of account, then you're not realizing the actual benefit of the account. So if you do have some cash set aside that you want to keep as part of an emergency fund or just your general savings, recommend putting that in a traditional savings account and then use the tax-free savings account for your long-term um, you know, investing needs. Okay, so that would have been my next question. How do we maximize the tax-free savings account? I mean, I've got one myself, but I want to know if I'm making the most out of it. Yeah, so my recommendation is you want to definitely take your long-term investing sleeve and keep that in a tax-free savings account. You want to put the investments that you think that have the greatest potential for growth. So, you know, typically that's the stock portion of your portfolio. Um, and if you can even drill down even further, that highest growth stock portion of your portfolio because that's going to have the greatest potential for capital gain. And that's a, what you're doing is you're sheltering those investments from taxes. Okay, so then on that note, that is, that is even to a point where financially millennials have an understanding of what to do with their money. What do we do then with millennials who don't even have that foundation and are just like, I'm putting $20 every two weeks into a savings account and they're thinking, you know, that's savings and, you know, that, that might be building wealth for them in particular. 
what are some of the building blocks, the real bare minimum in terms of helping them to be financially literate in order for them to even get to that level to understand how to build wealth? It's a great question. So everybody needs to start somewhere. You know, starting off with a small piece is the best way to do it. So we always call it paying yourself first. So if in the beginning, even if it's $20, $30, but the general rule of thumb is if you're able to save about 20% of your current after-tax income and set that aside into a savings account, then you're setting yourself up for success. Awesome. Okay. And then also, too, what maybe what are some of the ways that millennials end up getting on the wrong track financially? I mean, we all end up coming out of high school, and then, of course, we get into maybe the first major debt we have with post-secondary. But then aside from that, which is an investment in yourself, what are some of the things that end up having millennials sort of fall off track financially? First credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, I mean, the credit card is, is, you know, a recurring theme with a lot of younger folks. Um, you know, they don't realize the, the high interest rates that those cards carry, so you definitely want to avoid consumer debt. There are some what we call, you know, better debts or good debts, which are like mortgages, but you still have to be a little bit cautious there. You don't want to overextend yourself or take on too much debt when you're younger because uh, that limits, you know, your ability in other areas to save. Um, so you just want to be cautious on how much debt you take on, um, and definitely if you can avoid any consumer debt at higher, you know, interest rates, then, then you want to do your best. Now that we're dealing with the pandemic, I think everything has really been exposed, if you will. I think we were almost sort of coasting uh, without the pandemic sort of happening. Maybe what are some financial tips you have for millennials right now in this COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, so that question I mean, is very circumstantial, right? Um, the pandemic has affected everybody, I think, a little bit differently. So if you're in a situation where your income has been affected, and you're not 100% positive on you know, when you're going to get back to work. Um, and if you do have a little bit of work here and there, uh, and you're not sure when you're going to come back to full capacity, um, you, know, you do want to make sure that you build up that emergency fund if possible. Um, so kind of uh, you know, the general rule that, that we like to abide by is having at least uh, six months of income saved in cash. Now, that can be a challenge um, you know, in these times if you have to draw, draw onto that. But having a cash reserve is, is a, good, a good starting point for anybody, regardless of the situation. That way, if things do start up again and you're able to save and then we're in a situation where there's another lockdown or businesses um, you know, have to face further closing, then you do have that nest egg or that cash reserve that should you know, help tide you over until you can get back to work and, and have full capacity again. Now, you know, millennials, we like, we're all about the gram. We do it for the gram. So do you think, you know, investing in expensive, fancy things is worth it in the long run? Or do you think maybe we should start scaling back a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, anything that you purchase that's a consumer good is, you know, in my opinion, is not considered investing because those assets depreciate. So investing is when you purchase an asset with the expectation that it's going to grow, right? And that's the benefit. So... I mean, we always want to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, that's a popular term, and, um, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and all of these other social media sites are showcasing, you know, the best aspects of somebody's life. So, you know, what is reality and, you know, what is the Internet are, are completely different things. Yeah, we want to make sure that we have some fun along the way. I don't advocate for anybody to, to be a hermit at all, um, but we definitely want to make sure that we're making smart decisions with our money so that we don't, uh, regret those decisions later on in life. 
And then uh, just to, I'm just going to deviate just a little bit. Um, we know one of the major building blocks in terms of being financially literate is budgeting. Now, we know in the older generation, it was almost ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. They were doing budgets for everything. Millennials, eh, not so much. I know that there are a lot of uh, online programs and apps that are there that you can help, that can help millennials basically budget. But if you can talk about maybe the importance um, of budgeting, especially with the perspective of a millennial in mind. Having a, a general idea of where your income goes and what your expenses are is very important because we can't make adjustments unless we know. Um, I take a little bit of a different approach to budgeting. I'm not a big proponent of, of line by line budgeting, um, which is something that uh, you know our parents might be involved in mm -hmm. and what a lot of these apps stress. Because I find uh, it becomes really cumbersome, and when things get too cumbersome, we, we pull away and we don't really stay on top of it, and it's it's a lot of work. So. What I say, you know, what I say to, to the individuals that I work with and people that I give advice to is to categorize your spending. And you really want to separate things into kind of three categories. So the first category is going to be needs, and the second category is going to be wants, and the final category is basically going to be your leisure expenditures. So, so it's 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 how you place those expenses to realize where they are, but um, I think that's the, the most important thing is recognizing what expenses are important, what expenses, uh, you know, are going to make your life easier, and what expenses are, you know, maybe a little bit frivolous, and if it's possible, we can dial those back. I think that's quite interesting that you made that point there, only because with millennials, maybe our mindset, Shaliza, you can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe a little bit skewed, whereby maybe some things that are in the wants, we throw them mm -hmm. a little bit into the needs and say, well, I need this. Listen, we you don't need that iPhone 12 <laughs> Pro Max, but are you going to buy it? You just might. It, you just might, right? If you're enticed <laughs> enough. Whereas our parents, they had a little bit more resiliency, a little bit more of an understanding of what the needs versus wants mm -hmm. is. So I think that's a great conversation in terms to have for millennials. You're so right. I had that exact same conversation with my girlfriend a couple of weeks ago. Um, she really wants the new iPhone 12. <laughs> Uh, and it's See? about recognizing, okay, you know, maybe in today's world we do need a smartphone. Um, a lot of jobs require it. Um, it's very important, you know, to keep our socialized aspect or, or socialized active. Active. <laughs> <laughs> keep our socialized active. But you know, do we need the you know the uh, most updated and latest and greatest phone? Um, you know, definitely not. Especially when we know that there is going to be something else that follows it. Like, I, I purchased a new iPhone last year, and I said to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting a new one until there's, like, an iPhone 14. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it until, until it's just... Until the next until one comes out. <laughs> hey, not no. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We although, have to lead by example. Although there are people like that who mm -hmm. have bought every single iPhone at every single release, and, and I'm wondering, we don't need these things. Mm -hmm. um, if you're just joining us right now, you are listening to Millennial Balance, part of Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, and we're talking about Financial Literacy Month. Uh, Shaliza, do you have a, a quick question for Dylan at all? What do you think the main takeaway from all of like we've had a really great conversation with you dylan but what do you think if you could pound one idea home that millennials could start doing right now what would it be savings always focus on savings especially with the covid scenario that we're in it's there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of change that's occurring and you're always going to be in a better position if you have savings all right that's it just save 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 we're going to try 
We're not going to get the fancy car. We're not going to get the fancy smartphone. I mean, I'm fine. I like diced tomatoes on sale for a dollar, like I've always said. I'm not really the it's fancy true. type. It's true. And, <laughs> but and the off-brand. Yes, and the off-brand. No name. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Dylan, uh, where can we go for more information and whether we want more information on how to basically invest um, if we want to just have more uh, finance-related information to how to build ourselves in the right way financially for millennials? Yeah, so there's tons of tools available online. If you want to read some literature that myself and my team have put out, uh, you can find us on our website, which is www.catalanprivatewealth.com. I post all the same material on my LinkedIn, which is linkedin.com slash Dylan Arell Wilson. Uh, or if you want to talk to me directly, um, the website uh, to book a time is www.planwithdylan.com. Awesome. All right. Dylan Wilson, financial planner and associate investment advisor at Hollis Wealth. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today and for basically schooling us, giving us some Mm -hmm. advice on what we need to do to make sure we're on the right track financially, Shaliza. Thank you, Dylan. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. That was awesome. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. This seems just too real, no one knows our little, it could be just a fling. Cause we started when you're 19. This week, we're chatting with Toronto-based pop music artist, Ventresca. Thank you for joining us, Ventresca. I'm so happy to be here. At just 18 years old, you've already released three singles, the latest called 19. Tell us about the single. So 19 is a really fun and up-tempo romantic piece of myself, and I'm so proud of it. I really love this song. So you shot the video in March, just days before everything went into quarantine mode due to COVID, and it's garnered over 24,000 views on YouTube. How did the concept of the video come about? So I'm really lucky to have a producer and manager all in one. Um, So, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due on this one. Cindy Valentine, along with the director and me, we sprinkled some of our own ideas and we all came up with little snippets of it that eventually led up to going back in time when Cindy was an artist in the 80s. Um, We took a clip from the original video of her video, uh, Victim, with Michael Damien from Young and the Restless which was actually shot here in Toronto. So we basically did a copycat with the waitress steps, so we added like a little romantic twist to it. And uh, when I wrote the lyrics, just to see your big brown eyes, it was actually based on a crush I had. But you know, fun fact, we actually couldn't find an actor with brown eyes, so we had to get him contacts. Oh wow, that's good to know. I wouldn't have known. I saw the video a couple of times and I couldn't tell the difference, so. <laughs> And you started off as a dancer and later got into singing and songwriting afterwards. What inspired you to make that shift? Um, When I was a dancer, actually, I used to practice a lot. And I always found myself singing to the songs we would compete to. So I guess in my heart, I knew that singing was definitely the direction I wanted to go into. And writing was inspirational in allowing me to, like, express my thoughts and feelings. And it's been a year since you released your first single, Craving. Looking back, do you find that you've changed as an artist or that your sound has changed over the past year? Yeah, well, after Craving, a few months later, I released my single, Me Versus You. And of course, recently, 19, 
but I don't know completely if my sound has changed, but I do know as I continue to collaborate and evolve, I feel my voice is a unique sound and I hear growth in that respect. Since the pandemic hit, a lot of artists have expressed it's been a really tough time for them. How has it been for you, especially as a new artist, you know, you're trying to get your name out there and your work heard? Well, definitely, yeah. As a new artist, like, I can't even compare myself to some of those artists that have been touring for years. And honestly, I feel for them. For myself, the pandemic deprived me of my graduation and prom, so that was really sad. Um, And just as I was beginning my tour, I had to end with the Grammy Living Legend Awards in Los Angeles, and it came to a stop. So it went, like, really from an extreme high to an extreme low for me. Did you end up doing that performance? That was my last performance before everything hit. Well, you ended on a good one. Yeah. You have a holiday song coming out soon. Can't believe it's already that time again. Did you want to tell our listeners about the release? Yes, I'm actually really looking forward to this. It's a song entitled Gingerbread Boy that the Hallmark channel is actually currently holding on to for one of their shows. This video was so much fun. It had so many highlights that I actually still can't stop laughing about from the surprise visit of my favorite hockey player, and you'll have to find out who that is, to who was actually under the big gingerbread suit. And, of course, there was a cameo from my little dog, Chestnut. It's really fun and definitely going to get you into the holiday spirit, even with this pandemic. When does Gingerbread Boy come out? The actual song video come out on November 27th. So we have an exclusive first listen here at 105.9 The Region. Not only the song, but also the music video for Gingerbread Boy. Be sure to head on over to york24-7.com to see the video and find this interview if you're just joining us. But before we play Gingerbread Boy, if our listeners want to hear more of your music and connect with you online, what's the best way they could do that? Everyone can check me out on all social media platforms at Ventresca Official and on Spotify and Apple Music at Ventresca. It was great speaking with you. We're looking forward to what's coming next from you. Thank you so much. You too. Did you want to take us out with your song? Yeah. Hey guys, it's Ventresca and you're listening to Gingerbread Boy. If we lived in a gingerbread house, how sweet would it be? Living out a little fantasy, every day just you and me. We could build it from the bottom up, we got ingredients to fill a cup. I guess what I'm trying to say, together means a holiday. But you're not here with me, what a surprise it'd be. If this Christmas my one wish would come true I wish you could be my gingerbread boy I could be your candy cane Lemon drops, smarty pants, sour patches too I wish holidays would last forever You and me to be together Making angels in the snow really come true together it'd be me and you keeping warm by the fireside in a hot cocoa paradise unwrapping gifts by the christmas tree every year there's so much to see being close on a winter day wouldn't have it any other way but you're not here with me what a surprise it'd be if this christmas
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.